and welcome to the Anomaly Presents podcast, the podcast about genre movies, the genre movies that inspired a genre film festival, the Anomaly Film Festival in beautiful Rochester, New York. Uh, it's taking place at the Little Theater this year, November 3rd through 6th, the historic Little Theater, the beautiful Little Theater. The What other adjectives do we want to use? Haunted? <laughs> very haunted little theater in Rochester, New York. Uh, my name is Matt Knotts, and uh, tonight we are going to talk about uh, a movie so nice they've made it thrice. It is Die Hard with Say a it. Vengeance? <laughs> With a vengeance question mark? I was going to say, I like that. That's the uh, dot, dot, dot question mark. Die hard, die harder, die hard est. We're here to talk about the third of the, the die hard films. Die hard with a vengeance. Uh, the, the last of the, the Bruce Willis, John McTiernan uh, die hards. The last of the really good die hards, I would say. Stop, stop. <laughs> He, he was right when he said it was the last time he worked with that director. I don't know why you made a face about that, but like, I understood the face on the second yeah. statement. But I feel it. I feel the sarcasm. I feel snark, and I don't like it. <laughs> you knew that you could feel that the second comment was coming. It That's was what coming. it was. It's the pauses in between because he's deciding just how much he wants to piss me off. <laughs> We're not even three minutes in. We've only just begun. We haven't even introduced ourselves. I know. Let's take a moment to do that now, shall we? Uh, the podcastronauts joining us tonight. The 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 Hopalong Cassidy gang from from Die Hard the live 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 died died lived hard uh it's the podcast <laughs> uh we've got matt deturk with us tonight making his triumphant return hello <laughs> and we've also got adam lubito back excited to be here once again it's been a while <laughs> been a while we've got Kristen pelk pacheco simon says we have to piss Vanessa off this time. <laughs> off to a great start. Off to a great start. And the, the person of the hour, the person with all the power, it's Vanessa Cheeks. Uh, that's Vanessa Yippie Kaye motherfucker Cheeks. <laughs> At least for this episode. <laughs> that is a that is an ongoing title. That is your permanent title. The news is retired, and it's just Yippie Kaye motherfucker. It's gonna look awesome on a satin jacket. What was that TV edit? What was that TV edit? Your favorite TV edit, Matt? Yippee Kaye, Mr. Falcon. And we go. <laughs> the best one from Die Hard 2. <laughs> Vanessa, have you never watched Die Hard 2 on TV? Okay. I, I've seen it. Um, I don't discuss it. To me, there is no two. There's only one and three. I, I agree two with is this optional. opinion. Two is optional. <laughs> I, I agree with this opinion. Two, four, yeah. and five never happened. I, I like that I'm just only watching the Vanessa ones then. That's true. As far as you know, there literally isn't a second one. I've oh. seen one. I've seen three. That's Same. all I know. You the, rest, both. the rest are okay. The rest are, um, you know, when you've already watched the first two, which again. One and three. One and three. <laughs> <laughs> when you've already watched those and you're just like, gosh, I really want. Some more rip roaring John McClane uh tank top wearing time, then you can watch you watch the rest. You watch the rest as well. Not two though. <laughs> <laughs> Two's a tough one. Two two's a hard, hard pill to swallow, I feel. 
what's wrong again having not seen two is too like a just too much of the same or the too different or you just don't like airplanes what is that i don't know. well i actually know and i'm glad that you brought this up i don't like flying um okay. and so that is a separate issue in and of itself like if i could take i'd rather get on the titanic than get on a plane but unfortunately the world that we live in now <laughs> it's not really optional if you want to go across the ocean so that's a whole other separate thing so no <laughs> to answer your question no but it's just to me it's a little comical you know it's a little comical this man is moving out to, to california when he's a new york cop and to rebuild his relationship or whatever's going on. And then in the third one, they're just like not together anyway. You know what I mean? Because like, he didn't pick up the phone. He didn't pick up the phone. That part took me out. <laughs> you're not talking to your wife. You're losing, you're destroying your marriage because you won't pick up the phone. <laughs> and so, and the thing is here, I just want to make something very clear. I am not a John McClane apologist. I think that he is a fantastic police officer. Um, he is an okay father. And he's a terrible husband, a terrible husband, but he's the hero that we all need. So I just, you know, want to put that Holly up. deserves better. She does. Yeah. So Lucy McLean is an angel. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't she in the later ones as like an actual person? Mary she, I don't want to, I don't want to, yeah. I don't know what the uh, agenda here is. So I don't want to get, <laughs> we're, we're getting derailed real quick. <laughs> It's still on the Die Hard train, though. That's, so yeah. that's true. It's, I believe that one was called Die Hard Cohen, the one before they made the battery commercial. No. <laughs> he was in the one with Die Hard. What is it? Live Free Die Hard with Justin Long. Her, also, Justin Long ain't pulling no Lucy McClain. Let me just throw this out there right now. She's a babe and he's a nerd. And it's just not going to happen. So. <laughs> I kind of like we started this as Die Hard with a Vengeance and we're just going to do the entire Die Hard series. I, I think this to. is a better way to roll. We have to. Yeah. Vanessa, Vanessa, I'm going to tell you this because I didn't do my fan fiction homework really, you know, 10 minutes before this um, is what I did. And I pulled it up and similar to the Turk, I've only watched one in three. That's it. No matter how much you tried to bully me to watch <laughs> the, a good day to die hard. Um, <laughs> I still haven't seen it. I went out on that one, but the fan fiction, apparently the biggest, the biggest relationship is, uh, ship in there is matt farrell and john mcclain and so i'm like who is this matt and i i'm like justin long okay whatever whatever yeah (laughs) grizzled cop and a nerd i get it (laughs) (laughs) we'll be looking further into this later oh there's a werewolf au oh no Mm -mm. (laughs) werewolf who i need to know is it john uh it just says werewolf au um kind of hot uh, it's Matt. It's it's oh, Matt. Never mind. Okay, it was on. always going to be Matt. <laughs> Which is funny because, like, yeah. <laughs> but anywho, so uh, yeah, we got that in there. Just <laughs> there's, there's kind of a through line in the the Die Hard series where the the nerd guy kind of hangs out with with John McClane. We've got Argyle in the first one. Argyle, love that kid. He's going places. Argyle, maybe knows. not you know owning his own limousine company, but places. He'll get there. Places. We'll get there. There, there's an argument that um, that um, officer family matters. Uh, it was also kind of a nerd. Yeah. Officer, <laughs> I guess, are we are we loosely defining nerd? What is the like a square? Yeah. Yeah. Right. L seven weenie. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't say nerd, perhaps. But sure, 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 sure. Why am I spacing on on uh, his Zeus. name in the Die Hard movie? 
Are we talking about Zeus? No. Uh, oh, uh, you're talking about the Carl second Winslow. one. Yeah. The first one. Um, L. Powell. Sergeant L. Powell. Oh, yeah, Sergeant Powell. Yeah. Wow, that was a deep pull. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, he's 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 the brawn. I mean, I think he's quick on his feet, yeah. but like he needs to be paired with somebody who does simple math problems. And I say simple math problems because in this movie, I even though you know, I I don't know my timetables. We would have died that first that first bomb. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, like, done. I got nothing for you, man. Like, <laughs> like and the gallons, out. yeah, the gallons of water dead. Exactly. I just would have started sweating too much. <laughs> <laughs> you have overfilled this bond with your sweat. It explodes now. <laughs> it's yeah, no, one no. drop over. <laughs> Simon says, "Kaboom!" <laughs> By the way, we both do flawless Jeremy Irons. Thank you. I've actually been practicing leading up to this event, so. Ooh. <laughs> I'm just picturing you like at home, just you know, brushing your teeth and just practicing cooking I yourself dinner. Simon says, "You see how bad this is getting." Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Moira Rose just trying to like. <laughs> it's like he's right here with us. I know. <laughs> uh, Vanessa, I have a specific question. It's yeah. my understanding is that you picked this one the third of the diehards to talk about do you act do you like it better than the first one or did you think the first one was overdone why the third one so first off the first one is a classic we all know that okay we it it sets the scene however the third one um and in reality again the second one and the only true number two is uh i think a great follow-up i feel like the 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 second one stalls the storyline where the third one actually just it adds to it. It gives you the same character, but also more people who who kind of you see John McClane in his element. His whole thing is that he's a New York cop, and there he is in New York City, being a New York cop, uh, being kind of a drunk. Oh, that's okay. Uh, we know that that's him. It's also like you could. T- it's got a ninety million dollar budget, and it just looks good. You know what I mean? Like I think it just looks. I love. I love like nineties, eighties action films and I think it just looks the part. So I love I just love that about it. Not set in some weird way. I'm not even gonna go into it about the second one. But <laughs> so I like it. I like the cast. Samuel L. Jackson, I think, as we're talking about people who play well with Bruce Willis, he is one person that stands with him and isn't just some background character or somebody where you're just like, oh, he's just like the cop on the phone or he's like the cool kid in the limousine. I like Zeus's character just as much as I like John McClane's character in this film. And so to me, watching them both is the payoff. It's not just about John McClane. It's about both of their stories and how they ended up together and how they work together and like what, how that unfolds. And I also like the villain. I mean, the, the villain in the first one, Hans Gruba, R.I.P. Uh, Alan Rickman is is great, and you like him, and you like the like the the funny jokes that you like the um like the henchmen, and I like that vibe. Especially Christmas is like my favorite holiday, so it's right up there for me. But also, I like the villain and kind of how that story unfolds, and they're kind of ruthless too. There's no mercy, and I. I hate to say it, but I love that about it where it's not some cheesy film where like they're punching people in the face and knocking them out. There's like high stakes. People are dying. And it's not only civilians, but it's like police officers and it's, um, you know, they literally school children are at risk of, of being, you know, blown to smithereens, even though ultimately like that's a little bit of a ruse. But still, it's like 
there's some very high stakes. And you can tell like, these people are evil. They're very bad people. And so you're rooting for your main characters the whole time. And but while still being like, wow, this is kind of cool. This is kind of badass. Yippee Kaye. Motherfuckers. <laughs> you have the king of motherfuckers, like That's Samuel cool. Jackson in there. <laughs> How could you not? <laughs> but that's why I like it the most. The other ones, like the later ones, I think they reek of 2000s action, which can be a little like, ugh. but also you're, I know, but, <laughs> but also like, I think at that point, if you're a diehard fan, you're, you're going to love them either way. Like maybe not as much as one and three, but I think you're kind of already in it to win it. So it doesn't matter. You're, I'm willing to overlook some of the cheesy dialogue, which is not like good cheesy, but just poorly written. Uh, just to see John, aka my baby Bruce Willis, over and over again. So attractive is what I'm trying to say. I do think it's interesting that the movie kind of takes almost the Vanessa mindset that like you don't have to have seen the second one to yeah. to like it doesn't really acknowledge much of anything from the the second movie that doesn't exist. To be clear. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, even, uh, you know, John McTiernan, uh, returning and not having directed the second one. Um, yeah, I think it's really interesting that it's like, you, you, you don't have to have seen that at all. It doesn't factor into the plot of this one in the slightest. Yeah, no, they, and that's what I like about action movies in general, especially one like lethal weapon and stuff like that. Like you have a story, but if you miss it or whatever, you're still kind of enthralled with like the explosions and the chases and the swearing and the bullets and everything like that to kind of get you, you can piece it together. It's not like it's a, a puzzle here, uh, unlike Simon's puzzle. <laughs> but, well, they, they, yeah. they give you everything you need to know, right? You know that he's mm-hmm. been on suspension. You know that he is estranged from his wife. You may not know how long it is, right? But we're not supposed to find that out until later. Um, and then you know that he has a history of a laundry list of people that could want to do this to him, right? Like when they're trying to figure it out. So um, I think like you, you get everything that you need from this one without having to know everything else, which makes it very accessible, especially for someone like me. <laughs> it's like only, you know, I don't watch the, the first one regularly. So you don't, that's crazy. I watch it probably once every few weeks. Okay, I love that for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the first one I'll watch annually for sure, and then the third one I'll oh, watch yeah. Yeah, every every couple months. Yeah, it is original is a, a Christmas staple for sure. So it is a Christmas movie. I just want to get that out of the way. I just want oh, yeah. to keep that truth. Yeah, I don't. I don't know think you'll find any wrong. argument here. Excellent, good because you know how I like to argue, and I will. I, will <laughs> I don't want to say die on that hill, but I would slaughter people on a hill for that. And so, um, yeah, no, I, I firmly believe it is a. He says ho 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 on the guy's shirt. Like, come on, he talks about gifts. It's got the music. Come on. So, so, you, so you would die hard on that hill. That's it. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make a, a, a farce out of this, okay? I, I was keeping it under He's... my hat because before I really wanted to jump in and say you're a diehard, diehard fan. Oh, um, I think I threw up a little bit. But I kept that one. <laughs> Here's the thing, because I, I, I love and care about you, I didn't do that to you. Instead, I went with the diehard on that hill. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's the love I have for you. Is that a Kate Bush song? Yeah, die hard on that, that hill. hill. Running up that <laughs> hill. A deal with God. And, uh, and if we want to circle it back to the movie, uh, I did write down that quote. How do Catholics do their thing? North, south, west, east. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I was like, he's right. He's right. That is how they do that thing. <laughs> Not incorrect. So an interesting thing about this movie, because you were talking about the, the relationship between, you know, John McClane and Zeus and how you care about both of them. This was almost a lethal weapon movie. You want to know what I love, what franchise I love second to Die Hard? Lethal Weapon? It's fucking Lethal Weapon. I would have loved if I, <laughs> if I guess Lethal Weapon, you're like, no, Terminator. That would be. <laughs> I mean, Terminator, Terminator, I think is like three or four. But but it's definitely very much Die Hard, and then immediately after it's Lethal Weapon, immediately yeah. without hesitation. Yeah, this was almost Lethal Weapon four, I think. <gasps> and Actually, still- Lethal Weapon four was Jet Li, right? That's one with yeah. Jet Li. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Which is another great film. I mean, still like you know, what is it like early two thousands, whatever with Jet Li, but it's fine. But, it but was- it's Jet Li, so it- it's Jet Li. Yeah, you get Jet Li kicking ass, killing people. So it's like, all right, cool. There's a theme here. Uh, I like murder. <laughs> <laughs> that has been recorded. Like it's been recorded. You said your name. Isolate that. Have it on one of those. Actually, buttons. send that to me, and that will be my text tone. Awesome. And that'll be. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> that one's worse than the be gay do crime. <laughs> so just straight up. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So wait, so were they going to just like same setting? Do we know? Like I, New York City? I think it probably would have been LA. Yeah, it would have to be because, you know. But yeah, it, it would have been Riggs and Murtaugh instead of McLean and Zeus. And you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have the relationship with, uh, with the bad guy. That was, uh, that, that was it. The original title of the, the script was Simon Says. Yeah, I guess that would have been kind of weird to have some weird serial killer after Riggs and Murtaugh, like those goofballs, please. Yeah, I, I feel like if you're not running coke, it, it really shouldn't be in the Lethal Weapon movies. Yeah, like you got to be running drugs, you know, running people, yeah. doing stuff, you know, but like you're not out to like, you know. It's not like a whole cat and mouse thing, yeah. Yeah, it's not a Riddler kind of situation because they'd be like, yeah, no, nah, that ain't us, dog. Uh, that's those other detectives over there. Don't call us again. Let's go fishing. <laughs> go back to Peter's and call it a day. There, there's a guy in New York you should look up. I don't have time for this. There's a guy. <laughs> Let me give you his card. Um, he's on suspension. They'll bring him in for you. They'll bring yeah. him in for you. He's Just been on suspension for the last 20 years. <laughs> as soon as it, it's like the day he comes back, he immediately gets suspended again. Fucking guy's been on desk duty his entire career. Um. Yeah, so there were seven different scripts they went with before this one. I was going to say, the reading the Wikipedia about the production history just of the script, trying to find a script for the third Die Hard was fascinating. It, and the whole, they originally wanted it to be on a cruise ship. Yeah. And then that got derailed by Under Siege. God bless. Oh, man. Under and, Siege. And then they took That's the spare parts. Bill. Right? <laughs> Then they took the spare parts and made uh, Speed 2. I was gonna, literally thought like you were going to say Speed 2, Adam, mm-hmm. and then yeah, you yeah. Under Siege, and I was like, oh, that, that makes more sense. Yep. <laughs> but it, we got there in the end. <laughs> I would pay money, though, like if they were like, okay, we have to squeeze in in between another Die Hard, which would, like Die Hard at Sea would be the next step, the next well, logical step. Make, make it a short, make it Die Hard at Sea. He tries to go on a vacation, uh, we, you know, uh, yeah. the same day. He's in his little Hawaiian shirt. Everything goes tits up, and then that's it. They haven't even left. They haven't even left like land. Holly's like, I just want to spend some time with you. Let's go to the piano lounge or whatever. And he's like, I can't, baby. Something's up. 
and it's like the the chef and the captain are trying to run drugs and people and he's got to get to the bottom of it so that's like a good begrudgingly, of like yeah. <laughs> begrudgingly always begrudgingly. it's like i don't want to do this <laughs> i just want him to come the cold <laughs> have a couple of pina coladas Instead of walking around barefoot, he's just in flip-flops. He blows one out, chasing after the bad guys. Exactly. Exactly where my mind went. Like, throw at the vehicle. Yeah. There's, there's a really overblown Michael Kamen version of Margaritaville that plays in the background as he's doing it. Oh. I like this. I like, yeah, let's take notes. Let's write this let's down. Do this. I'm just trying to think, like, from a from a stunt aspect, right? It just have to be on such a smaller scale. I I loved the stunts in this one. The stunts in this are incredible. They were, because here here's a, a weird thing. I saw this in the theater. <gasps> I bet it's fantastic. This is a uh, movie theater movie, yeah. like hands down. And it blew my mind because I had never seen action that big on that big of a screen. It was at the Cine 8. Uh, Tansky probably handed me my popcorn for it. Um, and yeah, we, I sat there, it was me and my dad and it was like the perfect you and your dad in the summertime watching this giant action movie, just that intro with the explosion. Oh my God. It was like, it was like you were off to the races as soon as that happened. And it did not. It preps you. It's like, here's what you can expect. There will be Mm -hmm. more of this and also some bullshit in between where you're just going to be on a ride, start to finish. Yeah. Cat and mouse, baby. Cat and mouse. Yeah, it, it was better <laughs> boom, than boom, boom, boom. better than an amusement park for two hours. It was awesome. <laughs> they built a whole building for the subway stunt. They built like a oh, station, wow. a dummy station for that. I was going to say that set was so fantastic. That would explain it. Like that makes sense. It's not, oh, we found this. It's like, yeah. And on YouTube, they have like the making of it. I think it was in the part two um, where they explain like that they built the whole rig and the train tracks. And then they have, you know, the stunt coordinators explaining to the extras like it's getting real now. Like they were testing, you know, the train coming in because there's literally they have the guy that's breaking it that's on the train. So yeah. They were testing it slow a couple times and they said, no, you got to speed it up. You got to speed it up. You got to speed it up. And then, so it was coming in, I think at 45 miles per hour, but they were like, the stunt coordinator was explaining to the extras, like, you really need to pay attention because you're going to have to run. Like, this is real. Like, <laughs> you will die hard if you don't get out of the way. You'll be squashed. <laughs> like, That's squashed. Like a bug. Much. But yeah. Oh, come so. on, man. But I do love... <laughs> How come you could do it, but I can't do it? That's not how this is going to work, okay? I would like a counter, please, if we could just count how many times we say die hard and just have that running on the, like, a ding, ding, ding. Do a shot every time you hear us say die hard, and then we're not going to pay your copay. Oh, yeah, you're, what, we're like 20 minutes in, you're probably already out. Don't try to catch up, folks. Um, no, I love that is another reason why I love this is because it's so many practical it's like just practical effects left and right and it looks so good mm-hmm. and I think that like again if they were to make this film today it would just it wouldn't have I think the same feel I mean maybe unless Tom Cruise did it but that's a whole other podcast episode for a whole other day right um but it's just you can tell like some, some shit has happened. People are in danger. They look like they're in danger and you're scared for them. And again, particularly like, I don't want to say I wouldn't care if John McClane died because I really want to stress that that's so far from the truth. I love him and I really love to see his success, but I was so scared for Zeus and I'm like, Oh my God, he has a store. Like <laughs> this man was just trying to keep his family safe. Like he should not be involved in this. And so like when the, when the, 
train came through and like he's standing there and it's like my favorite thing where he's like backing up away from the officer he's like okay <laughs> like if you want to die that's fine sir but not me well he's like a regular joe schmo who just yeah. tried to help somebody not get killed right and then all of a sudden now he's roped into this plot as a as opposed to McLean, who like does he want these grandiose things to happen to him? No, but it is part of his job, right? Yeah. It's like so he kind of signed up for it. Kind of had it coming with all the people that he knows. Other guy was just along for the ride. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, that elevator scene. Okay, Captain America: Civil War. I don't even know you. <laughs> he is a world class detective. It, sure, he's a drunk. And suspended a lot. And had the worst headache of his life that day. But (laughs) he was doing the math from the minute he walked, before he even walked in there, he knew something was up. And then he just, (laughs) I'm like, what is this whole bit about the lotto numbers? Brains splattered. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, it's my blood. Go go take a look, he tells Zeus. Like, oh, don't worry, it's not my blood. Just go take a look. Go take a look. It's fine. It's fine. It's not going to traumatize you in any particular way. It's fine. You want, what is it? You want to see a dead body? Like, <laughs> so it's an interesting point. Do you think like every era has its own like super sleuth or, or big detective figure? You know, you've got like the the Poirot. You've got your your Sherlock Holmes. Is John McClane our our detective? Listen, if he wasn't really good at his job. He would have been fired so long ago. Okay. (laughs) He would have been like walking the beat, doing like foot patrol, crossing guard duty. They would not have let him. Do you know the amount like millions of dollars in damage that this man has done to the city? And do you think that if he wasn't really good, that they'd be like, sure, John, you know, I know you only close like maybe 2% of your cases, if that, but let's keep it going. No. It wouldn't happen like that. <laughs> so I want to say yes. Also, I think that a lot of his stuff is like, I don't want to say like dumb luck. A lot of it is like sheer grit and like just him paying attention to what's happening around him, being ever vigilant. And so it is for that reason, I think that he would also make a good TSA agent. Interesting. Yeah. So like the yell a lot. So I'm sure he'd enjoy that. Yeah. 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 Kind of sad we're never going to get that movie where in retirement he's just working TSA. You know what? Well, I think that was number two, actually. I, think I was going to say, we could redo <laughs> number two. Because, yeah, he was just moving on that. You give him a job? Man. Give him a little back. Talking. A wand? Yeah. Ready to go. He's just <laughs> running all willy-nilly through a Cinnabon? Cinnabon. <laughs> 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 oh, I need a book. I need a what is that play? That book plays Quick, called? the Hudson News. The Hudson News. <laughs> <laughs> I need the latest. He's picking John, up the latest romance novels. Uh, the, the latest. Nora Roberts, where are you? <laughs> the latest John, John Grisham and f- porn for some unknowable reason. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that, yeah, I think, I don't know. Where, where Oh no, I'm at a loss. This this movie completely fried my brain. Oh, this is great, guys. Let's do this again. I do have one question. I do have one question. I was laughing because I'm like, okay, the the headache gag, you know, is is just ongoing, right? He's like, every everybody's yelling at him. Anytime somebody's screaming at him, he's like, I I'm having a bad day. I have the world's worst headache, right? This man's been like 
he already had the hangover headache, which we know is very painful. Then he's been punched, kicked, like, you know, pistol whipped. And then <laughs> like at the end when he's like, Simon, do you have some aspirin? He just takes it right out of his pocket and just throws it at him. And I just lost it. I'm like, I guess, the, you know, the supervillain, he's prepared. You know, yeah. what? like, what was he in migraines? Why is he, what, what was happening there? Like anything oh a mercenary could have in his pocket. And he's like, yep, a whole bottle of aspirin just for you, kid. <laughs> First off, Simon's plan was like a very well-oiled machine. They did think of everything. Um, they didn't count on John McClane, and that was their mistake. But they did think of pretty much everything. And so I wouldn't put it past him to say, okay, wait, hold on. Who has the first aid kit? Make sure that you have aspirin inside just in case. Like that to me. <laughs> that to me would trap. I can't blame him. Like he's not going to have time to go in the, to the Dwayne Reed. He's got to, you know, save half the the city from blowing ups. Yeah. So Simon's just looking out. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, the, the Hans Gruber part where he offered them a cigarette in the first one. Right. That it's like the, the bookends, if I remember that right. Oh, that's true. That's true. So although one is, you know, will kill you and the other one will just save you from a headache. I guess. So the, the, the Gruber boys are good guys. If you really think about it. At a they, tra- they treat their capture, you know, whoever yeah. they've captured, you know, well, like we're going to kill you, but well, I don't want you to have a headache on the way out. Like yeah. <laughs> gentlemen terrorists. I, yeah. think they, I think they suffer from like the regular villainy of like, I'm going to bore you to death with my plan. Like just shoot the people. I don't yeah. understand why you're me spoke a lot. Again, this is just my opinion on no. if you're going to execute it correctly. <laughs> you're right, though, because like I think and that's and that's how John McClane won at the end. Like that ending was pretty great because he just was like, okay, you're about to light me up with this semi-automatic and my yeah. math is mathing here and I'm going to shoot this. I got two bullets. I'm going to make it count and electrocute it. Like that's it. He didn't even wait. <laughs> exactly. He's like, let's just do it. Let's just get it done. And so the Gruber boys also love to gab and that was their downfall. It, it's, so. yeah, it, it's that Euro trash gentility. It, it's going to be Euro trash indeed. They think they have <laughs> fancy suits and the little accents and they probably went to boarding school. Who knows? Actually, I actually don't think to boarding school. I think they had a very rough childhood. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Shirts are so tight. Shirts are so tight. I mean, look, I ain't complaining about that. Because um, <laughs> he's easy on the eyes. Uh, but, but yeah, 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 I get it. Can, I, can we briefly talk about too, since we're talking about babe, since we're taking a trip here down the, the thirsty hallway, uh, the woman who was like his, his like sidekick henchman, yeah. who was just out here slicing and dicing people. Her name were, her name was Katya. Katya indeed. Catch me watching her. <laughs> You can kill me anytime. Is that it? Right ahead. Slice me anytime. She (laughs) was so terrifying. Like, especially that one scene where like the the security guard or whoever was trying to, he died. We all know. Like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) she's just like slinking into the room and just like pink Panther style to do, to do, to do, to do, and the slice him. And I was like, girl, (laughs) go ahead. Go ahead. You Apparently, know. like her whole thing is she's a composer. She must know Amy Sherman Palladino because she is the composer for every show that woman's done. Gilmore Girls, Bunheads, Gilmore Girls, Year of the Life, and then The Marvelous Miss Maisel. So oh. multi-talented, you know. She out here working. <clears throat> yeah, that's what she spent most of her time doing. 
So she's only been, she only has three credits. So Good with the blade and a baton. Yes. <laughs> I support this. So I originally, support this uh, as well. Uh, we love a multi-talented queen. I support women's wrongs. Yes. A, a Christian music artist, Christian pop star. Okay. Married T-Bone Burnett. She lived a life. This is pretty crazy. T-Bone wow. Burnett. Wow. Is that his government name? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> um, no, no, his his government yeah. name is Joseph Henry Burnett III. <laughs> so I can see where I'd go with yeah. T-Bone. Yeah, no, yeah. isn't that Joe? I think all Josephs go by T-Bone. Yeah. <laughs> Classically, yes. <laughs> uh, another interesting person that was in there, Aldous Hodge. I'm just giving that shout out because we know... Aaron and uh, Meg, he's uh, from Leverage, and he's going to be the new, uh, was it Hawk, Hawkman, Hawk Guy, whatever, Black Adam? Hawk Guy's already been out there. Hawkman, my mistake. Oh, okay. And uh, the, the detective is the maid from Clue. What? Oh. Colleen Camp. Uh-huh. Oh. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Detective Kowalski are you, are you is okay? the you... clue. <laughs> She's not wearing <laughs> that outfit so, and you're doing that accent, so apparently <laughs> just... <laughs> I'm going to blow your mind I'm here. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Miss Colleen Camp. I'm so sorry. <laughs> clue, clue was not a documentary. I'm sorry. To... <laughs> no, I know it wasn't a documentary, but it's like one of those movies Um, I could, you know, like mentally cue it up right. and probably just run it through take it from the top you know and <laughs> the little gremlins of my head would put on the whole show so. <laughs> i'm pretty sure we had a vhs tape with that and drop dead fred on it and it was on a loop in our house so yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> ours was weirdly back to your part three followed by the saint so <laughs> fascinating choice i know i don't know what to tell that you. Is whiplash. So. you you are the four people that saw the saint I know, like, like we like we saw the saint a lot. Like that's like my first thing I think of when I think of Val Kilmer, which is the weirdest thing of all. Was like, it so? Was it your parents that liked it, or you and your brother, or just all of you collectively decided the saint this was our family film. movie making? I'm not going to speak for them, but you know how sometimes there are movies that play a lot in your household, and they're not for you. I am that person oh with the same I mean, situation. I guess, I guess who would be the one to be like, let's put on the saint? I don't remember. <laughs> That's well, killing me. Well, now I need to find this out. I have watched that movie so many times. I don't, it was on TV a ton. So that yes. was, I, I don't know what it was. It like probably the Catholicism role play, you know, where I'm like, yeah, this is whatever. You know, like <laughs> he's, just, he's, cool. he's running through the saints here, whatever. The then we'll see where he's got hypothermia. Oh, God. <laughs> Oddly enough, that film for us was uh, Die Hard. Yeah, so, we were small children going, yes, like <laughs> you, up, you, and, you and Lena just yelling, "Yippee ki yay!" Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> we, I really need to stress this. We absolutely were, and my father was like, "Good." <laughs> <laughs> the movie we had like that in our house was RoboCop. My dad loved oh, us watching yeah. RoboCop. I think my brother was four. So- I think this is so fascinating about like which action films like we, we you know we all talk about like historically about which horror films you saw too young. But I think it's a really interesting like thing there about like 
which action films also probably you shouldn't have seen because of these other aspects of them. All of them. All of them. Rumble in the Bronx. Rumble in the Bronx. I went back and rewatched that. No business watching that as a kid. Uh, Like Enter the Dragon, Bruce Lee. No business watching that as a kid. There's nudity. There's death. Like, like, no business. And then I was telling Matt before everyone else was on, I was like, we watched a lot of Jean-Claude Van Damme movies. No business watching those. Like, (laughs) I I remember... When I was in fourth grade, and I I re- I cannot believe I said these words to my father, but we were watching some Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, and I don't remember which one it was. And I said, and I quote, because, and I want to I want to set the scene here. We had just gone to Burger King, and uh, I was in fourth grade, and I said, Jean-Claude Van Damme can flip my burgers any day. This- and my father <laughs> said, what? <laughs> This is the most Vanessa thing I've ever heard because I then repeated it. Oh, you said I'm saying it once more with feeling. Say with your own gumption. And he laughed so hard. He was like, what? Sure. Yeah. New, new. I'm going to have, he said, I'm going to have a handful with this one with the boys. And sure enough, I'm wrong. wrong. Here we are. So the thirst started young. Because not only did I recognize, like, yes, I like action movies, but I also recognized, oh, these men are attractive <laughs> and, and these women are also attractive. I'm supposed to like what I'm seeing here in between the pew, pew, pews and the boom, boom, boom. I'm just, oh, all right. <laughs> On board. <laughs> I am dying for us to do an Andy Sedaris movie just so I can know what Vanessa thinks of one. We really have to do Hard Ticket to Hawaii or Picasso Trigger or one of those. Are there lots of babes? Uh, yes babes of of all form and fashion it's basically the way i describe andy sedaris movie is you know that 12 year old kid that drew like the tanks and stuff and the margins of their their notebooks and like people blowing up and then like the stick figures with big boobs and all that we do know all of those children yeah yeah so so he grew up to be andy sedaris (laughs) so yeah so i feel like yeah if, if you're a diehard person it's it's a much smaller budget but who boy? Sometimes that's even better. That's a different kind of good. It's yeah. a different kind of good. Listen, and if the money's used properly, then it's gold. It's all on it's the screen. Good. I mean, in various forms. Is it explosions and breasts? I'm guessing that's, that's like <laughs> usually in the same scene, like woman in bikini with rocket launcher on shoulder. Ten out of ten would wreck a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> going to an action film for the story like it's not Pride and Prejudice 2005 I, I'm not here to follow along and get caught up now I do get emotionally attached to some of them like Riggs and Murtaugh have a whole family and they really have a whole thing going on that I love yeah. however I'm really here for the danger and the explosions and so if that's all it is that's all it is baby yeah. <laughs> I back that completely yeah I love the crank movies and that's nothing but ridiculousness no, nobody for the crank movies. Yeah, no, I'm like Jason Statham, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. That's a good time, and he's got charm. Yeah, they make no sense. The second he's one, British. What do you want? Yeah. He has an accent, so I would like to just clarify. <laughs> Carry on, Matt. Carry on. The, the second one is probably fairly offensive, but they have their charms. I mean, they were shot with guys on rollerblades and, and GoPros and that they put that on the screen. It's wild. Has no one seen the, the crank movies but me? 
I no. think I've seen one a long time ago. Okay. It's been a while. I will add it to the list. I don't have much else yeah. going on this week. So we'll just cue it on up in between film freeway goodies. We'll just <laughs> crank in. Crank, shoot them up is another good one. Okay. Fast and Furious is a fantastic franchise. Yeah. Vanessa, well, have you seen Shoot 'em Up? You got to see Shoot 'em no. Up. <laughs> shoot em no, up. I don't have it. Shoot 'em Up is basically a Looney Tunes cartoon with Paul Giamatti. And who's the lead in that? Like, mm. is that Clive, Clive Owen? Owen? Dollar Store, yeah. Jason Statham. Yeah. Um, okay. First of all, <laughs> first of all, <laughs> first of all, whoa. Whoa. Yeah, whoa, indeed. Whoa. I second that whoa. <laughs> I'm not saying he's a good action star, but the man's got like if you've ever watched um the Nick, I he is fantastic in that. Oh my god. But anywho, carry on. I'm so sorry, man. (laughs) So it's essentially a Looney Tunes cartoon. Paul Giamatti is Elmer Fudd and uh Clive Owen is Bugs Bunny. Uh but it's all gunplay. Okay, now with that description, I can see why one, it would be fun, and two, why you would probably use that description for Clive Owen. So I will forgive and forget. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I've seen clips of Shoot 'em Up. Clive. <laughs> I, I promise you, if you watch the first 10 minutes of Shoot 'em Up, you will watch it all the way to the end, and then you'll text me afterwards going, I can't believe I haven't seen this before. Excellent. <laughs> Love it. Now, it, if whether that's positive or negative, I don't know, but you will text me afterwards. <laughs> it will be a strongly worded text, uh-huh. either, either of excitement way. or enraged. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So back to the diehard films. Uh, um, yes. And a point that Vanessa made a, a while ago, um, the physical effects, the practical effects in this, I think this is the last blockbuster that really relied on big practical effects for a while. Cause the next summer it was independence day. Ah, another good one. Another good one. And then we went into the the CGI, um, you know, carnival for the next few years. Like the Roland Emmerich train was forever. Charlie's Angels. Charlie's (laughs) Angels, which fun on its own. You know, it is a good time. It doesn't like like I think we all agree with this. Like CGI is you know is not bad. It's not a bad word, but no. you know we pre- something. There's something to practical effects. It's how it's it just, used. Yeah. Yes, right. it's how yeah. it's used. Practical effects just it feels like when you're watching movies that have good practical effects, even if they're the cheap ones, it it you can very easily get back into it, and it doesn't hold the movie back. Or if it's dated, it doesn't feel as bad, right? As opposed to like, I oh. like if you, I feel like we're going to look at movies now, or even if we looked at some mid 2000 action movies, right? Like 10, 15 years in the future, we're going to be like, Jesus, this looks terrible. Oh, yeah. Things are hard to watch. Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing that I like recently that I saw that married practical, like, I, I think like if you're thinking of like action films, um, what is this film called? Why am I blanking? The one with Tom Cruise with the planes. Top Gun. Top Gun. I saw it. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> it definitely did a good job of marrying practical effects with CGI. And I would yeah. say even like the Dark Crystal on Netflix did a very good job of marrying those two things to the point where I appreciated the CGI when it was used, but it wasn't overwhelming. And I think, you know, when you do go back and you watch action movies and stuff like that, it kind of does. It kills the vibe when it's so heavy or like it's so... It's, if the train thing was a practical effect and I went back to watch it now, it would be so disappointing and it wouldn't be my favorite scene. It would just be like, okay, let's hurry up and get through this so we can yeah. kind of move on. 
And so I, I don't think CGI is bad, but I think used with practical effects in a way that kind of add to the story, add that richness to it, it can be so good. And so it does disappoint me sometimes when I think it's like overused or just used because like you don't want to make they don't want to pay they don't want to pay people who do CGI are not unionized. Mm. People who do practical effects are union. So they overwork and underpay these artists. Yeah. And then that's what happens. And then you have the past whole phase four of Marvel movies that's, that's, <laughs> and Marvel shows. Oh, that's exactly yeah. where I was going to go. KP 30 years from now, when we're going back and looking at the Marvel stuff, it's going to look like those seventies, like clutch cargo cartoons yeah. where nothing quite looks right. Or like those, the cheap, um, does anybody remember the cartoon hammer man, the MC hammer mm-hmm. cartoon? No, <laughs> arguably the, the cheapest Saturday morning cartoon I've ever seen. I think it, it ran at about 15 frames. Like, okay, so like, um, what would be current? Did you ever watch the anime The Way of the House Husband? No, but oh, yeah. more current, it's yeah. based on a manga. Anywho, yeah. carry on, but like, yeah. where is it like the frame rate? So it looks really cheap, yeah, yeah. It looks like when, when somebody's doing a parody of anime, it, it's that's what it looked like, you know, where it's like every third frame is animated and it's just like very stop motion jumping around kind of thing. The Way of the House Husband's like that. If you want a more current reference, there you go. <laughs> We got you covered. Thank we you. Got, we got past and present. We're bringing it together. I guarantee. I guarantee that the people that have seen Hammerman and are listening to this are in the ones. So like, <laughs> is probably a much better reference. But it's always stuck out to me. Like that is the worst animation I've ever seen in my life. I feel like thirty years from now, if we go back and watch the Marvel stuff, we're going to look at the same thing. We're going to go. These movies were the biggest movies in the world. However, th- it looks like stick figures walking around in here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I saw Thor Love and Thunder today and it's been getting a lot of guff, you know, right. I think it's progressively been getting more and more right. You think of Black Widow, like that got ripped to shreds in terms of like the CGI usage and how cheap it looked. And then you sent me that article that was really interesting about like the Marvel mythos is focus on the story. It doesn't need to look as pretty, which is not true. I'm paying to see yeah. a movie. Both of these things need to come together to make a good like movie. That's why we're going to the movie. Yes, I want a good story, but I also want things to look as good as they can. And when you're just sacrificing that for yes, exactly. So when you're just sacrificing that because you know you don't want to pay people or you know whatever reasons, nobody wants to blow up a car anymore. Right, and it, the world is worse for it. <laughs> It certainly is. So, as we've learned, yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> to that point, that's the same reason comic books kind of died off in the 2000s. They were all the guys that, that were drawing like Rob Liefeld, which was not great. You My know. favorite YouTube video is Stanley just ripping into him. Oh, 10 out of 10. You want a good laugh? He's like designing a character and Stanley's just standing over his shoulder, just ripping into him. Like, <laughs> Man couldn't draw a foot if he had a gun to his head. No, he'd be dead. <laughs> There's the one uh, pinup of Captain America where it just looks like he he's one of those like Japanese waffles with the really small bubbles. Those are his abs. <laughs> like it's insane. It is one of the wildest things. But yeah, that's when people stopped reading 
comics is when it became that when when nobody really cared about the art and it was just you know like i'm picking up a comic literally the art is for me art number one words number two (laughs) and that's when you were able to pick up the the big bags comics for a dollar at the dollar store and uh there were 20 books in there and they were all like oh this is a wolverine book this is an x-men book like they were all mainline stuff yeah. So, and I feel like that's kind of the the road that not just Marvel, but a lot of the movies are taking right now is that, you know, it's just the cheapest CGI that we can use to get it up on the screen and, and hope for the best and, and maybe it'll work okay in streaming. I think it's sad because like when you look at action films, I think they have such a deep history, obviously in Hollywood and to see people, I don't want to say like maybe not take them as seriously because of that yeah. or like kind of like relegate them to some like hokey kind of thing and not and not meaningful stories like like I said they're not you're not in it for the story you're not in it for you know what happened to John and his wife but I think if you're interested in the action that is the that that is what you're there for and so when you don't have that anymore it's kind of like what's the point because all that you're left with is a really bad script half the time and so it kind of turns it into this thing where people I feel like aren't as interested or or maybe aren't as interested maybe in the older ones even maybe think that those aren't as good and here's a question for you because i think it it ties into this who who are our movie stars like and i mean like your george clooney your like julia roberts your bruce willis your tom cruise like who who are they who's coming up i'm talking movie movie stars right and i think we've gotten away from that right And thank you. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I guess like especially ones that you're looking at outside of Marvel stars or like people who are constantly in the same movies. Um, you got Chris Rat, and I said Chris Rat. That's what I said. And they keep putting him in movies and action movies, and he's got the charisma of a slug, and I, that's an insult to slugs. So that's it and i was gonna say the exact same thing you've got you've got channing tatum and then a a bus full of guys named chris yes channing tatum though i wouldn't even like is he a movie star you know i don't feel like he's at the level of like a tom cruise or like a julia roberts sandra bullock but I feel like a case could be made that he's like the closest thing we currently have. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, okay. At, at especially point. when we get into like future movie discussions that I'm very excited about. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> at a push, you get a, a Gosling. Maybe is, is is Gosling still a thing? Like he's about to be in this Barbie movie. I was there you go. So like I I feel like those are your your names, right? You've got. Um, the sparkly vampire guy, Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. I mean, he yeah. crushed his Batman. Yeah. I mean, he. he and was... he. I would say Christopher Jamal Evans. Absolutely. Okay. I think he's got range. I think he's got range. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that. I do think. Oops. Go ahead. I say, but I think also one of the things here is that in what we previously think of as like a movie star is, I would say, somebody who not just starred in films. But like there was that whole element of like part of the public eye and they kept starring in films. And I don't know if it's because of the nature of the industry or where the money is, but so many of, I think, our current movie stars end up where they end up moving into producing or directing or they move off to something else. And so you 
for better or worse, don't get that like constant punching on the exact same thing over and over again, which helps with that repetition of people knowing who people are. Yes, of course, it's flooded and everything. But like, I just, I feel like once somebody as a human starts differentiating what they're interested in or exploring other things, and then maybe going back and forth, I feel like that does uh, not do a service to us on our concept of what a movie star is, even if they're still in the industry yeah. doing things over and over and over. Yeah. And I'll say like, and I know it's been years, like, you know, prior to COVID and now how we're ramping things up, I feel like there's like a choosing one. We don't have mid budget movies like anymore. Right. right? Yeah. 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 Like, and I'm talking like rom-coms like specifically, but I mean, just in general, like mid budget yeah. movies really don't exist anymore. Yeah. And the blockbuster is what is it now right it's either reboots or it's marvel movies it's kind of generally what we're hitting right or it's you know the umpteenth jurassic park movie you know yeah i i do feel like i need to just take one second to just because the best action film i've seen recently was rrr like has anyone else here seen it It's, it's on the list it but that was a case of i feel like that shatters everything we're saying about what does or doesn't work it is almost entirely cgi but it works because it's so stylish i was gonna say it's so stylized it's so stylized and it because it knows what it's doing so it's like yeah and secondly it's at over three hours long it's so much story like it's an insane amount of story in it but again it has i think some of the best action as well as all the other elements like it actually is supported all the elements are supporting each other in a really artistic well-directed way where i feel like that's why on like a smaller different smaller but like a different scale like top gun maverick also works in that case the other elements of it are supporting it so you actually feel like all the elements are in balance in a good way i don't mean it's all equal i mean that like you know the action is here and so therefore the story is there to support it and so it works in tandem yeah Yeah. but RRR is fantastic. It's yeah. so good. So like well, well worth the three the three plus hours. So if you have the opportunity to see it in a theater, it is amazing on the big screen. Yeah. Selfishly, we had an amazing audience at the level. It was <laughs> yeah. fantastic. Like, like, like where people where, where, where of all places. I no, know it was like, at the little and I was like so sad. I missed it. <laughs> I just it's I have guys, I there's this one section near the intermission where a plot device falls towards like a hole in the ground. I have never been in an audience that gasped like a cartoon, like they <laughs> did at this moment where it was people were afraid this thing was going to fall down a hole, and the whole room gasped. And I lost my mind laughing that because it was. Hysterical. I love it. That's it yeah. There's yeah. nothing like a theater experience. Like Vanessa's literally like smacking me when we went to go see a league of their own. Cause like when two of the characters like kiss Vanessa, the, the two girls in front of us just gasped so loudly. I mean, like there was a lot of people in the theater being like, but specifically the two girls directly in front of us, just comically loud. And Vanessa's just smacking me. Like, <laughs> Get at them. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did have a jumping back like 40 minutes in discussion. Vanessa, I have both a confession and a question. So, um, which is so lethal weapon. Um, So I was eight years old when my parents took me to the theater to see the third one for some reason. I have 
Yep. No idea why. That's the only one I've seen. So really? Yeah. So uh does Lethal Weapon as a series similar to Die Hard, where you're like, watch this one, not this one, etc.? No, Should I watch all gold. All, all gold. gold? Okay. All of them. Every last one of them. It is more, I'm gonna use this term and I wanna it's more family friendly, um, but not like there's still murder. Like there's it was still- R. Like I said, it's not. Literally, <laughs> I, I think every lethal weapon is R rated. And I, don't, I don't mean family friendly, like like as a like a how old were you? Small? Like, <laughs> he said eight. So yeah, I was eight. Yeah, I was eight in the R rated film. Yeah, no, you were fine. And so, <laughs> but like the the main the main plot, or I guess the main thing that you get attached More to, family is, focused. It's family. Yeah, it's like raises up. Uh, becoming a part of Murtaugh's family you get to know the kids you watch the kids grow up and like they're kind of like this background and you get to to know them they are involved in the shenanigans like his daughter gets kidnapped in the first one I think if I'm not mistaken and like her boyfriend is murdered it's a whole thing and so it you know I think that it's not you know I guess comparatively speaking to Die Hard where it's like this lone this lone wolf who's out here you know shooting up stuff and his family is estranged from him and everything like that and that's the only way he makes it work you have Lisa Weapon where you know Murtaugh makes it work because he is a very you know adamant family man and then you have Riggs who he kind of brings into the fold in that way so um I love every Leaf Weapon movie even the last one which is kind of like I felt like they were a little too old but who am I to judge um and i know i think there's another one coming out <clears throat> which i think is unnecessary but yeah at this I, point I all of them at so, this point you gotta leave it behind okay mel gibson is done enough to this world just let it go but yes i i love all of them and i can watch them start to finish one right after the other which i typically do oh, okay good to know I'm just picturing your movie marathons are Lord of the Rings, Lethal Weapon. What else we got? So the Die Hard movies, you go one, three, and then maybe sprinkle in four or five. No, I always sprinkle in four or five out of respect for children. Okay. Because it's their own individual stories. And I want to flush those out for them because it's their journey to healing with their father. And I want to make sure that we reach that fulfillment. No, I, I love this. This is a a peek into, I, there's still so much to learn about you. Um, going on 16 years of friendship (laughs) and I just I'm learning you like to do movie marathons and specifically of these movies (laughs) and and this is unfortunate it's not a like um it's not like oh I love this um because I do love them I love the films but it's more of a compulsion that if I start one I must (laughs) I must finish (laughs) the series and so it will, I have to watch them all the way through. And so uh, it's more of just like, if I started, I have to finish a type of situation. Um, I'm adding uh, the Mission Impossible films also to that mix. I've watched them uh, all the way through and now I'm back. I watched the first one and then, um, because I never have them all in the same place, which is really difficult, which is another reason why streaming for me is not it. Like DVDs is where it's at. And I don't, I, I refuse to hear anything about it because if I can't watch all of them in a row on the same streaming service, what's the point? What's the point? Oh, and the other bonus to DVDs or Blu-rays is you're getting the behind the scene information. Yeah. You're not going to get that with streaming. You don't. And they give you like the bare, the bare minimum, the bare minimum with streaming. So it's not that I don't love it. It just is what it is. They don't even want you to watch the credits. 
It's yeah. like, nah, don't worry about all these people that worked very hard. We're done. We're, like, we're going to start <laughs> the next one immediately. No, we're going to, yeah, it's like Mission Impossible. If it's on Hulu, then they're going to be like, okay, so now you're going to watch, you know, Fresh Off the Boat. And you'll be like, why, why are you trying to get me to watch a sitcom? It has nothing yeah. to do with this action film. Okay, whatever. Thank you for the whiplash. <laughs> so, I don't, I, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, Matt, to answer your question too, I would recommend Lethal, Lethal Weapon 1 is good. It is good. Lethal Weapon 2 is um it has some very comedic gold in there i think that is the one where you get uh introduced to joe pesci yeah who i think really rounds out the cast i mean just rounds it love love everything about him but three i think is my favorite and hmm. four is one that i tolerate so <laughs> <laughs> three I, I agree i think three is where they're hitting on all cylinders because that's mm-hmm. you get more of the the pesci the leo gets character who is great so good he he, he does you're terrible. right he balances it out it, it's yeah they, you're right they, they find their footing in two and then three is where it really really hits on all cylinders because mm-hmm. one it two, takes I itself very seriously sad. two is a little sad it's a it little is. you know three two i think i think three maybe is a little sad if it's the one i'm thinking about but you know yeah but i mean three overall three is like the ultimate lethal weapon popcorn movie that that's the one they made. They were like, "Yes, this is the one where we're going to sell a billion tickets, and it's going to be the one that dads watch on Father's Day." Like that's the one. Like, yeah, I made um, stupid money on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody Holy smokes. Like, that that was the one they had the big push. That was the Eric Clapton song on the soundtrack, and like that was the big one. Rene Russo, I think, was in that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which yeah. was a big thing at that point. Yeah. Who doesn't like Renee Russo? Nobody. She's like, is Darlene Love, is she his wife in all of these? Oh, okay. I didn't even realize. I didn't connect those dots. Look at her. They have the same cast. They have the same cast throughout, which is really nice. And then, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where I'm like, oh, Darlene Love, because I'm 30 feet from stardom. So, like, connecting those dots, you know what I mean? (laughs) From like, as opposed to watching these movies as a kid. And now I'm like, re, you know, you, you learn more, you start to revisit things. And yeah. I'm like, Oh, this woman is like one of the best singers of our time. Pop <laughs> yeah. And we listen to her every Christmas. We can bring it back to that. Yeah. <laughs> the Shane black trademark. I feel like she's in there just for the, the, the Christmas relate. That's also Shane black at the peak of his powers. Like it's yeah. Before he made Last Boy Scout and everything went to shit. I think one of the detectives in Lethal Weapon was also like the FBI agent in Die Hard, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. One of the FBI agents who died at the beginning because they were just, I don't even know. That conversation and their characters really, I don't want to say serve no purpose. No, they're, they're a bunch of dipshits. <laughs> they're a bunch of dipshits and they're just assholes about the whole thing. And yeah. then they die and you're like, Great, great side quest. Let's, yeah. let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. We got some bombs to, so to deal with. Then he pops up again in, uh, in freaking Lethal Weapon. And you're like, oh, you? <laughs> like, okay. Oh. Ah, yeah, this schmuck. This He's much nicer. Yeah, it's Sergeant Cannon fodder. Here he is again. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh. funny. Yeah, so I, I love that we started with this being... Die Hard 3 and it's just kind of become the state of action films for the last 30 yeah. years. This has kind of been amazing because I think that really, yeah. I mean you, you laugh but I think that really kind of sums up Die Hard 3 and it, its place in the, the action film pantheon, right? Like all of these movies kind of revolve around it because it was the big showpiece at the time. You know? One of the last bastions of, if 
of yeah. the genre, if you will. Exactly. You, you really haven't seen, I mean, may, I haven't seen Ambulance yet, and I feel like Ambulance might be the, the heir to this. Um, I, I, say, I really want to see it. It's, yeah. I want to see it because of the drone footage. So I hear the drone stuff is just absolutely nuts. Yeah, Everyone. let's not make bold claims that we can't back up, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone here seen Ambulance yet? No. No. All right. I feel like we need to watch it and regroup after this conversation because I, I everything I've heard from from all the the action nerds that I I know are like, yeah, that is that's the shit. That is. Oh, and now I'm looking. Movie. I'm like, oh, it's Jake Gyllenhaal. It's Yaya. Okay, here we go. Oh, yeah. yep. Mm-hmm. We're good. <laughs> Vanessa, it's got the babes. It's checking off the babes. Get out of my head because I was just really gonna say I know that there are babes in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Babes, it's Michael Bay. It's a bunch yeah. of explosions. Like, See, but I'm yeah. not big on the Bay. See, That's, uh, so oh. Vanessa, before we go, I have to ask this question: Bad Boys Two. Where do you come what down on Bad Boys Two? What are you talking about? Where do I come down? First of all, the Bad Boys franchise again is a, a another. Thank is you. another is another franchise that can do no wrong whatsoever. Although I guess it's to be seen with the next uh, film coming out. Uh, question, but yeah, yeah, but I I think that while I am not a fan of because didn't Michael Bay do that? I just I'm yeah. not I'm not yes. huge. I'm not a fan of him, but I am a fan of Will Smith and uh, Martin Lawrence together, and so it kind of negates that. Maybe so it's. I'm, yeah, like you like Bad Boys, but obviously he made several Transformers movies, and yeah, yeah those are all dog shit. Personally, oh, not yeah. a fan of those. So <laughs> those those are unmitigated garbage, um, garbage, if you will. But his explosions have too many sparks. Yeah, I agree. Too many. But Bad Boys Two, I feel like, is like the next the the heir apparent to Die Hard with a Vengeance. Like I feel like there's a through line um, there. I have a hard time with this whole heir apparent thing. I feel like because in my head, I only watch the same movies on repeat other than during the film festival. And so to me, they exist at the same time. It was not the same time. It was about eight years later. Yeah, I just watch them back to back. And so it really doesn't matter to me. (laughs) But I would imagine after a certain point, like... I think if you sat down and actively thought about it, you could probably pick out things, right, that very clearly probably influenced either the director directly or, like, scenes or where it's building similarly. No, nothing. You do that next time. You take notes. (laughs) But I I think, um, you know, when you have two, like, main characters and stuff like that, obviously you have, like, the the dynamics are typically about the same. One person is, I don't want to say dumber, but, like, more calm or, like, more level-headed. The other person is hot-headed and not not thinking, but they're all about the shooting and they're really good at it. And so one's cocky, one's not cocky. One's, like, got a family, same with Lisa Weapon. The other one doesn't have a family and lives a bad boy. For life lifestyle, and so yeah, there are similarities. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, okay. But again, also the, <laughs> the physical effects, and that—that's kind of where I was coming down. Not only the 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 buddy cop stuff, because we know buddy it. cop movies are are you know evergreen, right? You, there's a new one every year, and they're all pretty all right for the most part. Yes, the physical effects I would say are right. on par. But I would yeah. say, yeah, if you were looking for a movie, and that that would be kind of a fun double feature, I would wager is uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Did I get that right? Die, die Hard Venga Boys, and yes, and no, <laughs> and Bad Boys too. Okay, I would say Die Hard with a Vengeance, Lethal Weapon Three, Bad Boys Two. 
Wow. I don't know if anybody could survive that triple feature. Well, listen, get on my level. I I would have a hard time doing it. (laughs) Strap in. Make sure you have your whole box of microwave popcorn or you've gone to the little to buy your bag of popcorn (laughs) to bring it home. Go go to the little, buy buy them out of popcorn. Yeah. And then with the real butter. Yeah. Strap yourself in, get your blankie and your favorite pillow. (laughs) If you're of a certain age, make sure you you take your statins and then. Matt, I would just like to do like what Shia LaBeouf did when he watched all of his films from start to finish. Can I do that? But with with um, Die Hard, please extrapolate. I don't know what Shia LaBeouf did. Was it like the memes of him like sitting there like in the theater? Yeah, Yeah, the camera at you so we can watch you experience those movies. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I want that. that. I want that for almost every movie you watch. (laughs) I I watched you watch and uh, like um, (laughs) what was the one? Why my blanket? The Last Dragon. That was a highlight of my life, like of our friendship. <laughs> Me watching you watch that movie. The way they destroyed that pizza shop and left that woman to clean it up by herself is is fucking unfathomable to me. I I digress. But yes, um, one of yes, Vanessa. Anytime, any movie, uh, watching you experience a film is a joy in life. <laughs> What was it? It where I was just sitting there laughing, eating popcorn. And you're like, "What the hell is wrong with you?" Um, so much. Yeah, that was before the edibles hit, and then Carrie's just screaming. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> so you got the three stooges, Vanessa, who's already seen it, unbothered. Our friend who is terrified of clowns, screaming constantly, and me just <laughs> waiting for the edibles me. to hit. <laughs> oh lord! <laughs> what a time! <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like there's anything better we could do after that. So, no. Any final thoughts about Die Hard Three or the state of action films? Um, I just have to say, well, well. Does anybody else want to go first? Does anybody, does anybody else want to go first? Yeah, we'll, we'll close with with Vanessa. Anybody else have anything? Matt, Adam, KP. I really enjoyed this. Thank you, Vanessa, for pushing for this one. Um. I'm going to go back and revisit some other movies we've discussed here, either ones I haven't seen or ones I have not seen for a long time. So this is just set yeah. you up on an action film binge for the next four days. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of envious. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I also am a fan of die hard with a vengeance. Um, and I appreciate, I haven't watched it in a while. I appreciate this opportunity to revisit. And I do love since yeah, die hard. The original is one of my all time favorite movies. I appreciated watching this time to see like the thematic, like bookends that I feel like these two make where like die hard is the contained entirely in a building. It's Christmas. And this is the heat of summer and it's sprawling all over an entire city. I, I just, I, I appreciated yeah, the nice thematic bookends that this makes for the, the, the diehard classic trilogy or double yeah. feature. If that's, double, I'm sorry. Yeah. I yes. <laughs> the two hour intermission in the middle. That might be second. <laughs> while, while I am interested to find out what happens to my beloved Lucy McLean. Um, I will say, honestly, this made me want to go watch The Weapon now. So, <laughs> all, good. all of them are currently streaming on HBO Max. I was just checking. 
So yeah. Okay, you, Matt, do you want to just let me know when you hit play and then I'll hit play at the same time and then we're done? Yes, I do. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, both of you night owls. <laughs> yes, this is great. I'll see you in 30 minutes. <laughs> I love that. We'll just leave the zoom open. <laughs> oh, if you hear me repeating this dialogue, just ignore it. <laughs> so as much as I kid about this movie, it is definitely one of my all-time favorite action films. I think start to finish, it, it it's an absolute roller coaster, and the cast is amazing. The set pieces are incredible. Like it takes everything you love about Die Hard and cranks it up to to eleven to use that terrible overused metaphor. Like it, it's everything you'd want out of a, a summer action movie. Um, it, it made the most movie that. Most money at the box office that year, and I'm I'm sure it made more money in popcorn than it made in ticket sales. Like it's it's an absolute kick ass movie, and thank you, yeah. Vanessa, for for making us talk about it. You're welcome. Anything I can do for you guys ever, just let me know. <laughs> oh, is it my turn? What are okay, your closing so, thoughts? Yeah, <laughs> my closing thoughts are that um, there are so many action films out there that I've grown up with, and that I have grown to love including like Blade and, and Passenger 57 with Wesley Snipes and obviously Die Hard obviously Lethal Weapon um Sylvester Stallone and Demolition Man iconic role iconic role so I think that you know when we talk about movies that shape us this is obviously a genre that I have just grown up with and grown to love and I really wish people if you haven't taken a venture into older action films to start with this one or actually start with Die Hard one because obviously but um, start with Die Hard because I think it's one that kind of will, I don't want to say ease you into it, but really you kind of get the idea of why this genre is so important and why it's so good. And then I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the fact that um, Justice for Bruce Willis and I, I cherish these films very specifically because obviously he should not be doing more films for his health and for his family's uh, health and stuff like that. And so to look back on the work that he has done, not only in Die Hard, he's done so many other films that he was very good in. He's, a, he's an amazing actor. And so I hope that if you haven't, if you love him and his work and you haven't seen this, this is a way that you can go back and just see how much of an action star he really was. And so I highly encourage it. And that's all. I love every bit of that. I agree <laughs> wholeheartedly. I agree. Action is a genre that uh, that not many people celebrate anymore. It seems like it's always kind of the butt of the joke. It's it's you know horror's little brother that nobody likes to talk about. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I think and yeah, Bruce Willis was one of the the biggest that that ever was. And uh, yeah, this is like maybe his best work in that genre. So um so yeah thank you again vanessa for for wanting us to do die hard with the venga boys um, oh my God. <laughs> i had to do it one more time <laughs> die hard with a vengeance arguably the the best action film of the 90s um we have a film festival it's the anomaly film festival so y you know what i'm good at segues and that was one of them uh coming up november 3rd through the 6th uh of this year at the Little Theater in uh, historic Rochester, New York, at the Haunted Little Theater. Um, it may be haunted. We don't know. We're just oh, guessing. it's haunted. Oh, oh yeah. it's haunted. No question. The, the guys that work there say it's very haunted, so take it from them. Um, yeah, so please join us. It's Anomaly Film Fest, anomalyfilmfest.com, Anomaly Film Fest on all of the social media sites. Uh, we have so much stuff planned for you. So many good times. Yeah. Um, 
if you've gone before, you know what we're talking about. If you haven't gone, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> this is the year for oh. you. <laughs> you're listening to this podcast. I don't understand how you're listening to this podcast and haven't been to Anomaly yet. But fix that. Come, come see us. It's November 3rd through the 6th this year. Um, it's going to be great. Anybody else want to say anything about the festival before we go? It's also at the Rootness Tootness Little Theater. Ah, <laughs> good point. I was remiss in not mentioning that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're welcome. I fixed it. <laughs> Vanessa, if I make a shirt of that, I'm mailing you one. So. Yeah, please. I'm begging you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the little popcorn with a hat. It's got to have a cowboy hat and it must say Yippie Kaye somewhere on that shirt. <laughs> okay. We have, Fair. A, we have a cricket in this house and a heat press. We can just make these one off <laughs> shirts now. Pump them out. We got them. <laughs> So again, from from us to you, we love you. Thank you for listening. Please show up at the uh, Anomaly Film Fest so we can do more of this stuff in person. It'll be fun. I promise. I'm Matt Knotts. These have been (laughs) Podcaster Knotts. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Bye. 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 If you want to learn more about Rochester and Buffalo's wide range of diverse cuisines, Nominate Meals might be for you. The fun part is you have no idea what you're going to get until you pick your meal up at one of our fantastic events. All you have to do is go to nominatemeals.com and order a meal for two for $40 that features dishes from one small, typically minority-owned restaurant. We run events at Three Heads Brewing, Fatty Beer Company in the neighborhood of Play, and also Nowhere Lounge in Buffalo. We offer drink pairings for sale that pair with each dish for that night, which really adds to the experience. Go to nominatemeals.com to order your meal for an upcoming event and join the nomination.